think that like the important thing is to kind of just like, you know, try to remind yourself. And again, this is what I mean by it's like, it's an exercise of like repetition and stuff. It's just mm-hmm. constantly remind yourself that it's like, as long as you enjoy the process of whatever it is you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it'll never feel like a day of work in your life kind of thing. The, the same we focus on numbers and things like this, that's when everything kind of goes off the rails and, you know, it's like it just no longer feels like it's enjoyable because that, that huge number that we're always trying to, you know, get that is thing, yeah. absolutely unattainable. It's just it's funny. It's, it's funny, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, Dick. Who are you? All right, ladies and gents, exciting episode uh, today, exciting episode. I am going to just cut right to the chase because I love this dude. I've known him uh, two decades at this point. He is the founder of Retro Recipes, great channel um, where he'll do throwback recipes. And uh, not only does he have a great YouTube channel, but he just overall creates great content. Everyone, please help me welcome Bobby Hicks. Can you hear me okay? Hey, girl. Hey, I can hear you good, buddy. All right. Nice camera. Yeah, right. <laughs> Are you using uh, like a, a mirrorless camera now or? Yes. I was going to say, the resolution on yours is significantly better. <laughs> you know, that's what I do for a living, right? Yeah. Like uh, if, if I was to hop into your kitchen. Yeah. That's yeah, going to be, <laughs> yeah, that shit's going to be decked out for sure. Yeah, dude. Our, our attention span is. Three what? seconds. Is it three now? <laughs> Mm-hmm. You think it'll ever go yeah, negative? When, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. When we when we were like you know teenagers, uh, I remember because I like somebody brought this up. They were like, because obviously I feel like I have a little bit of uh, ADHD or just you know it, it, like anything grabs my attention. It takes a lot for me to stay focused. And yeah. I remember somebody at the time was like, "You realize that the attention span right now is about tw- ten or thirteen seconds." So you have to kind of like make sure that you stay focused and read your books or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like at some point about a year or so ago, I was really curious about it and I typed it in and, and sure enough, it pops up and it says that after a recent study, the estimated human attention uh, span is roughly three seconds or less. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me with everything going on with vertical <clears throat> and, you know, I, I get it. But I think there's also something I was talking to, um, um, this filmmaker a few episodes back, her name's uh, Cortland, shout out Cortland. But I was talking to her on the show and um, we were having this interesting conversation that I didn't even think about, but she made a good point where I, I think a lot of it has to do with like the vertical swiping aspect as well, right? Because there's something um, there's something sexy about like going up versus like doing that. You know what I mean? Like hmm. it's, just, it's, it's just easier to go swiping up Versus like you watch a YouTube channel, it's always horizontal on your phone if you were to watch it. And there's you don't swipe, you're just in it. But when it's a YouTube yeah. shorts, you're just kind of like you have this mode now where we're trained ever since maybe, I don't know, IGTV. I don't know when it first started, but we're just trained on that vertical content now and now we can't get out of it, you know? Yeah, it's like I kind of feel like the initial patterns were starting to kind of develop around that time where it's like on social media, it was very common, especially if you're going mobile to like your phone and just kind of 
just thumb it up vertically and stuff like this. Or it's like one of the dating apps and stuff. And everybody was like, swipe left, swipe right. And it's like, people just kind of got in the habit of just like, it's like around that period of time, let's say maybe like five years ago or more, you know, it's like, that's when people were just, just blasting through stuff. And it's like, you know, it's funny because nowadays, like sometimes I'll be on my phone and I'll actually kind of get caught into like that motion. Like I'll be like, Oh man, just, I'm just blindly sliding through stuff right now. Oh yeah. And it's, it's funny because when I'm doing it, there might be a moment when like, there's something that I actually wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you get out of it, you can't get back to that same video. And so there's like this element of where I'm trying to at least be like a little more mindful about what I'm doing, because let's say there is something I wanted to see. If you just blast through it or just kind of, X out of something carelessly, yeah. you know, uh, you, yeah. you might not have the opportunity to actually see it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point, especially on TikTok, right? Because I think if you try to go back up, it refreshes, mm -hmm. if I remember. So like every time, like I, I remember I was showing my, uh, I was showing Brenda and I was showing her something. I was like, oh, you got to check a look at this. And I swiped down to go back to it and it refreshed the whole thing. And I was like, I was like, hold on, hold on. And I went like 50 videos and I still couldn't find it. I'm like, it's gone. I'm never going to see that again. And it's actually they, funny because they do that on purpose. No, I would imagine keep you on the app longer. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. funny because like what I actually do is if I see anything now, like I have a, I have a couple of uh, just like go to um, kind of accounts that like I just like share memes with like my brother or like a couple of my friends and stuff. And it's like, you know, depending what it is, because cat content, I'm sending it to my buddy Brian. If it's just mm -hmm. like something stupid, I'll send it to my brother or something. And and. I see like 90% of the time it's because I really want to share this with somebody, but then there's a solid 10% of the time where like my brother will sit there and be like, why did you send this to me? And I was just like, Oh, well I, I just, I had to send it because I wanted to go back and look at it later. And I knew I wouldn't be able to find it again. You know, right. and he's like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. That is a good point. It's kind of like you're creating a playlist amongst friends. <laughs> it's almost like dog earing like the actual thing so that you can refer back to it later because otherwise like with the amount of with the amount of content that's just like constantly being produced or or just like being like uh recycled you never see it which is also kind of funny if you think about it because every single day there are millions of people creating content right yeah millions of people Mm -hmm. They're just creating videos, whether they're short or long, highly produced or not highly produced. And somehow I still end up seeing the exact same videos <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like it, it does not change. Yeah, that is weird, right? And maybe they're just doing that because, again, it's just all that algorithm. They're like, oh, we're just going to keep feeding this dude the same shit. But then kind of because that's kind of the blowback that Instagram's getting, right? Is unlike TikTok, it's it's not allowing uh, the consumer, us, to follow creators that we don't know. It's not letting you identify new creators. It's just feeding you the same bullshit that you've seen for two decades. Uh, versus yeah. versus TikTok, which I've seen videos on there that I'll like, I've never seen in the past, and creators that I've never seen. And you know, eventually you start following those people. But even when you mm -hmm. follow those people, I feel like unlike Instagram, Instagram, I always whether it's a story or a post, I always find myself, you know, seeing the same people. Like, obviously, it's a lot of you, and it's a lot of, like, some of my close friends, and, like, all those people that I maybe interact with a lot, so maybe Instagram reads that and just feeds me that, versus, like, TikTok, I'm getting a lot of new stuff all the time, and I find myself 
seeing new videos and new creators that I don't see. Do you see that as well on your feed or is it kind of like the same thing across all platforms? Honestly, what I've actually come to find, and like I've even heard this from a lot of other creatives, is that uh, in general, by the time that you see something on Instagram, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's usually already, especially if it's like a trending video, it's something that has already lived and existed on TikTok for like a month before. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it makes sense that like you're probably seeing things on TikTok beforehand because, you know, it, it's like Instagram now is kind of looking the way that Facebook looked for us, you know, where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, people might use it, but the people that were using it were usually a little bit older because it was just like a different format and it was like their platform, you know, and then now it's like, Instagram is kind of more becoming more of like the millennial platform, whereas like the Gen Z platform is is more TikTok, TikTok. oriented. Yeah. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's like because they're boosting the content, just pumping it out. It's like we're seeing that stuff probably more more uh, immediately if you were to be on TikTok. But if you were to jump over to Instagram, it might it might show up there like weeks or a month later. You know? Yeah. And more people are on TikTok now than I think the, the first, because the inception of TikTok, or excuse me, the inception of Instagram, I forget the number. I was looking this up the other day because it was super, super interesting to me, that there's more people now on TikTok than there ever has been at the max of Instagram's life, <clears throat> if that makes sense. So like more people yeah. are using the app on a daily basis versus like if you go back 20 years when, uh, or maybe it was 15 years when Instagram started, and they got bought out by Meta, there was not as many people the first few years on that platform as now TikTok is only. Because people don't understand, TikTok's three years old, four years old. Like, legit. It was music. No, I remember. But, yeah. Like, that's... I, I remember, actually, like, because my buddy Caleb, who's now, like, one of the biggest, like, TikTok people, like, he was a good friend like we were living in new york and stuff uh his his ex-girlfriend at the time lived like down the street from my apartment so i'd see caleb all the time and like we'd hang out and stuff and at the at the basically 2020 like at the pandemic portion of things like when we were during like lockdown you know and we were starting to kind of get out more it's like caleb's the only person i actually interact with he was like man dude you gotta like check out TikTok, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I just hear people doing dancing. It's not really for, I can't see how that would relate for me, you know? And, you know, he was at the very beginning of it. He was just like, no, no, no. It used to be musically. Now it's TikTok, totally different thing. You should jump on this. He was like, I'm already getting tens of thousands of followers and stuff. And he'd like just kind of gotten into it. And I mean, now he's, you know, the how much do you pay for rent guy? You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> which is he's, crazy. He's, he's, yeah. yeah, like he's 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 doing very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's cranking. And, you know, again, now it's now he can actually probably I mean, I would guess um, maybe you've talked to him about this, but like during the pandemic, was he thinking about leaving New York because of where it was? And then now if you look at how he's creative and what his videos have given him. It's like you can't really do that in Wisconsin, right? Like, yeah, no, it's like, it's perfect the timing of everything because now it's now there's like no reason not to leave, like because that's it, right? That's he figured out, you know, what to yeah, do. Yeah, it's like I I I kind of feel like you know some I feel like the the pandemic did a, a like kind of the, this big paradigm shift for everyone, you know, in some mm -hmm. way or capacity. It, it affected your life either obviously in a negative or a positive way, but it's one of those things where 
you know, for me, for example, like if I hadn't left New York, um, I wouldn't have started the rich recipe series because it didn't have space. It didn't have, I didn't have space in New York kitchen, you know, and that's why I did more like studio based work. You know, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be doing what I do now. Um, and it's the same idea. Caleb, he was from North Carolina. You know, he moved to New York and when he just got in there, like we, we connected and stuff like this. And, you know, it's like, he was one of those people that was able to kind of just like really do some incredible things because he is also a little crazy. Like he, he, he never would have tried to leave because he was just like gunning for it. He was like, I know there's a, there's a, there's an energy here. There's a, there's a position for me here and stuff. And, and he rolled with it and made it into something that others hadn't seen. And I think yeah. that's really cool because, you know, so it's cool. like that is taking the initiative and taking the power and stuff and, 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 kind of uh, that Gretzky approach of like skating where the puck is going. And okay. it's like, and I, I'd like to, to kind of clarify as well. It's not like Caleb just like, just started doing that. You know, it's like he, he tried so many different things until he found what worked mm -hmm. and he got the virality and he got the exposure and he just kind of kept doing it. And now it's like, yeah, I think he's been doing that series for about a year, but it's like before that he was just doing all sorts of weird stuff. You know, like he, uh i helped him shoot like a thing once with my drone where he was he and some friends got like go-karts and they dressed up as like mario and luigi and and toad and and yes. like all the mario things and they and they rode around new york city in these things you know like in in brooklyn and in the city and stuff and they had kind of like their own little mario kart video that they made you know and it's like so cool. You know, that that was fun. It did really well, but it wasn't the thing that made him who he is. And so he just kept trying things out until he actually found his own thing. You know, I don't know. It was kind yeah. of it's kind of fun to see that. Yeah, no, for sure. And there's so many great examples that are around. I mean, you're you're a great example as well, where you just you throw up a bunch of things on the wall, see what sticks. And um kind of it. Yeah, right. But I mean it's all things I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but as long as I've known you, you've done things that you love no matter you know, what the pay is or what the space you have. Like you're just, you're doing things because you're so creative. You have that creative mindset. But now it seems like with retro recipes, it's almost like just looking at you and looking at you now, looking on when you're creating TikTok, talking to you on phone. Like, I feel like you've been doing it forever in your mind and like, the, like yeah, right. subconsciously, <laughs> right? Like this is something that you've always wanted to do, but you could never do. And then now you're like in your happy place. And uh, it, it's almost like, you know, I can't see you doing anything else now. Is that accurate? Like, is this your passion? Well, yeah, yeah, it's definitely my passion. Like, I love cooking. You know, it's like cooking has always been like something, even when I was like a little kid, you know, cooking was one of those things that like I just had a kind of like interest in and a connection to. But it, it is kind of funny because it's one of those things where like doing these videos, you know, it's like especially when you have like a system and you're like, you're, you're, you're kind of going out of your way to like repeat that system. It's think of like with podcasting, you know, it's like you do it and you're kind of like figuring that you're figuring out the roles and you're figuring out like the relationship of everything. And you'll kind of go back a little later and redo it and you're kind of keep tweaking. And then after it feels like a pretty short period of time, you've actually have like a pretty refined idea of exactly what you want to do. And mm -hmm. so even though it feels in a weird way, kind of like, 
I've been doing this for like 10 years or something like this. I've only really been doing it for about a year and a half or, or coming on two years. Mm. Um, but it's like, because I've done, I mean, last year alone, I shot 40 retro recipe videos. So like filmed ones with Katie's voice acting and all this other stuff. And then I shot hundreds of other cooking videos and stuff. It's like in a very short period of time, I was able to actually knock out a ton of uh, content, which kind of, I guess, just reinforces like the 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 format and everything else, and makes it kind of feel like as if I could be doing a whole lot longer when really I've just <laughs> they've just, just started been really cranking it. Yeah, I've just been cranking it though. Yeah, which is insane, dude. Because I mean, again, not only do and for people that don't know, I'm going to leave all the um, the links and everything in the description. Um, but uh, are you just doing vertical? Because you also have a YouTube as well. Are you doing your YouTube on your personal? Or is it a Retro Recipes also YouTube? Because I know you've done some longer videos and cut those up, but what's the situation there? So with YouTube, you know, I've I've also been kind of just basically taking the same videos and adding them on there and stuff. But I've been trying things out. You know, it's like, for example, um, most of the videos I do are between 90 seconds to like, you know, three to five minutes, depending on what it is that I'm shooting, like mm. the style of the video. And, you know, it's one of those things where because vertical format is something that does exist on YouTube, even though, like, I think still landscape is kind of more preferred, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, I'll still upload a vertical video on there. <clears throat> um, but then, like, I'll take a little time to actually create, like, a customized thumbnail for it and stuff so that it stands out a bit more. Sure. But it's like, I think more YouTube had just been testing out, like, the shorts feature and just kind of taking these longer videos and then cutting them down into like a really tiny bite size, you know, 58 seconds or so to kind of just get it on there. You know, yeah, um, sure. I am planning on doing some landscape videos and stuff this year, but honestly, it's just one of those things where like it, it takes so much time. And recently, like I've just been trying to kind of like figure out exactly what I want to do. And I don't know. It's like, I, th I think in a way, like just trying to kind of avoid burnout because you know, it's like I went from doing daily, you know, on mm -hmm. TikTok or on Instagram. I did that for about a year. And now it's like I'm trying to dial it down to about like three, maybe four, you know, videos a week. But right. it's like that still is a ton. And then I'm also doing content for like a couple of other brands and stuff that are on the side. And then just like yeah. the regular stuff that I actually negotiate. So it's like it's as much as I really want to. Yeah, it's, as much as I really want to do like landscape youtube videos and stuff that are a little more like highly produced and shot my camera and edited and stuff it's like it's not at the top of my priority right now because it's already mm. such an oversaturated you know market anyway on youtube <laughs> yeah no for sure and you know again it's like you, you spent so so long um creating these videos like i i found that as well whether it's just a podcast or maybe it's like a um, sometimes I'll, I'll have this thing where I'll do these microcasts now, which I'm really enjoying where it's like just these five to 10 minute, cause I like to rant as you know, but it's, um, it's, it's rant research is what I like to call it because I'll find like an article that's super interesting, whether it's like, uh, with, you know, mental health or sleep, or maybe it's contrast therapy, something like that. And I'll just kind of open it up and I'll put it, put it in bullet point form in the podcast. And I'll just kind of rant individually about it and make them 10 minutes. And I'll, I'll put those on YouTube, no editing. I just put it up, no intro, no music. I'm just like, hey, guys, this are. And those get more views than my hour and a half, two-hour podcast that I spend like fucking hours like cutting out the ums and 
You know what I mean? Like, and I'm sure you could probably relate to where when you were making like these legit films, it takes so long and it's so beautiful. But now I feel like I don't want to say people consume content and don't appreciate it because I don't think that's accurate. But I think there's a level in between to where, like we talked about earlier, their attention spans three seconds. So if you're making an hour long, gorgeous film like you used to do, right, in New York and you know, you're doing these vlogs and they're beautiful. I remember those, they're like 60 frames per second and it's foggy and it's like Brooklyn Bridge and I'm just like, and I'm just like amazed at it. But now even me, and I'm a creative and I'm just like, I don't know if I could sit through that. Not because it's not beautiful, it's because there's not enough time in the day to consume all the content that's out there. And I feel like the more content that gets pushed to us, it's going to be harder for creatives to do those, unless you're a Peter McKinnon. It's going to be long, you know, it's going to be hard to do those long-form podcasts and, and or long-form videos rather and actually keep people engaged right like yeah i mean yeah it's like i i i think that the trouble that we kind of run into right and mm -hmm. and we're talking about it right now it's just the fact that it's like when you are making these these videos for an audience right it's like you are doing this in the hopes that you're going to entertain and and make everybody happy Right. Like, right. Which is which is not possible. You know, Crazy it's like there's the expression like, you know, you could have the the juiciest, ripest peach, you know, from a tree. And there's always somebody that like peaches, you know, right. it's it's kind of like the struggle that we run into where it's like there is it's a generational thing at this point. You know, we've got right. an entire like cohort of folks that are really into longer format stuff. I feel like you and I are kind of similar to this, where if I have to drive down to Miami or something like this, and it takes me an hour, I'm excited because that's two hours round trip that I can sit there listening to podcasts and people talk and, and, and I love that stuff. Um, whereas, you know, there's also a different cohort of like newer generational people that are like, I can't stand to listen to something that's longer than 90 seconds because there's there's so much that they want to take in. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong or right about it, right? It is one of those things where it's impossible to kind of... I've come to realize for years now, it's impossible to placate everybody. And so I think the most important thing is kind of just like, just sticking with what you're enjoying and what you're good at. Because, you know, yeah. if you really look at it, you know, it's like there are compromises, kind of like what you've been saying and what I was saying, where it's just like you, you take this longer form content and then you can shave it and make the, these other like little smaller ones that people might actually enjoy and they might find it might be more discoverable and they might get more views because they're so digestible, right? Because right. It, honestly, you know, like if let's say I'm watching a knife sharpening video, right? You know, because th those are very much things. You yeah. know, if I see that, uh, like I might not feel inclined to click on a video that has, you know. 65 minutes of this guy like sharpening these beautiful knives and stuff and actually learn this technique and just hearing like the real process in the raw format where it's just like right. it's just going at it whereas like if i saw somebody doing it in a you know like five minute video i'd be like okay i can afford five minutes That's right. you know so, so you true, just have to yeah. understand you just have to understand your audience because the like the guy that in particular that i'm mentioning you know um he has a, an incredibly popular channel. It's called Perfection. Um, I forget his, uh, his burr, like like a knife, oh, like the burr, the oh, edge cool. of the, yeah. And it's like Burrfection. And it's like, he'll make these videos that are like crazy long. 
but he has a huge audience that loves watching it. And honestly, at the end of the day, it's like kind of depends what your goal is. If you're looking to create this content and you actually have an audience that will watch this, guess how much more reward you're going to get for people watching this longer format stuff and making mm. it through that. You don't need as many shorter form people to do it if you have more longer form audience members That's that right. can enjoy it. So That's I don't right. know. I mean, yeah, it's a give and a take, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, I mean, it's like, uh, it's like dance competitions. <laughs> like, I'm going somewhere with this folks, but like these dance competitions, <laughs> Brenda, my wife, she loves them. Um, you know, the, uh, not just those, but the American idol. And, uh, so you think you can dance and all that stuff, but turns out millions of people around the world watch these and like are so into like semifinals finals and you know they know all the stars and the techniques and i'm like what why do you watch this she's like i just i don't know i just love it and then you know but they are one of the most popular shows ever in history same thing with the bachelor right so all this production and this money goes into these shows and advertisers want to be the commercial break in between these shows so there is a market for everything and just because you don't think there's a market doesn't mean there's not going to be a market. So like, you know, that's one thing that I learned from you was as a creative, I need to just do things that I like and people are going to either find me or they're not. But as long as I can be content with the fact that I'm enjoying it, I mean, that's that's the key because there's 8 billion people yeah. on the planet. Like people are going to, if you got good content and you have something to give value, people are going to listen. That's just the bottom line. You can't let, you know, outside influences affect that decision making. I mean, like you, <clears throat> you've chatted with a lot of people. I feel like you've had uh, like a hundred different people say the same thing, but it's one of those, it's one of those things that like, it is an exercise in, in kind of just like reminding yourself. There are so many people that want to be viral hit sensations, right? Mm, yeah. And it's one of those things where, where you realize that that's not the goal, like being a viral hit sensation literally means nothing. Like I, I had a conversation with somebody recently where I explained just because like I've had, I've had videos that went viral and they had millions of views and, and it did bring me more exposure. And sometimes it brings you a, a greater audience, but if you don't have a way to kind of continue doing this and especially, I mean, like end of the day, it's like, if you're, if you're just looking to get viral videos and you don't have like a, a like a monetizing plan as well, like a way that you can actually like use this audience that you've built up for, for some kind of benefit, then I, I feel like you're kind of selling yourself short. And so I think like when people start to only focus on like, look, I got to get the next viral video, they, they, they forget about the people that actually already subscribe to their own content, mm. which yeah, I mean, like, even if it's a hundred people, that's a lot of people that you're, you're, you're affecting a hundred people. If it's a thousand people, that's like, if you actually step back and you take a minute and you're like, you know, if you say a hundred people, suddenly that value seems bigger. If you see a thousand people that feels huge. But I think today in this age, like, because we're so used to people saying, oh, I just hit, you know, like uh, my millionth subscriber, I've hit this and this. And like, you know, well, I can't wait to get 10,000 or 20,000, like these, these arbitrary numbers that kind of like steps in the ladder. Hmm. Because we're, we're, I think like we're so conditioned to that, we forget about how huge a hundred people actually is. How many people that actually, you know, like a thousand people. Think about that if you were to see, like, imagine like a basketball stadium or something like this, and you're realizing like that many people are actually subscribing to your content. Right. That's huge. I don't know. It, 
it, it gets it gets kind of crazy. And so I think that like the important thing is to kind of just like you know try to remind yourself. And again, this is what I mean by it's like it's an exercise of like repetition and stuff. It's just mm -hmm. constantly remind yourself that it's like as long as you enjoy the process of whatever it is you're doing. Mm. You know, it's like it'll never feel like a day of work in your life kind of thing. You know, sure. it, yeah. it's it's important to kind of do that because the, the second we focus on numbers and things like this, that's when everything kind of goes off the rails. And, you know, it's like it just no longer feels like it's enjoyable because that, that huge number that we're always trying to you know get that's is yeah. absolutely unattainable. Yeah. You know, and forever changing, too. Right. Like, you know, we we thought that a million people were. Obviously and that, that's what I mean. Is it? That's what I mean by unattainable. Is that it's yeah. like you can you can hit a million. You know, it's there are people that do it all the time. Yeah. But then when you've got celebrities that have twenty eight million followers and stuff, yeah. and it just gets to a point where it's just it's it's just a it's a number yeah. that means nothing anymore. And right. and you know, it's like you hit ten thousand followers. I can tell you right now, ten thousand followers doesn't feel like anything different than one thousand followers. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, I did notice that as my following kind of went up uh, on Instagram and I started, I, and now I got to get more aggressive on TikTok. But um, yeah, it was funny because, I mean, the engagement really didn't change. Of course, the likes, the views, if you dive deep into the analytics. But in terms of like, you know, it's not like you get more DMs. You know, I thought like once I hit like over 10,000 that I'm going to get like, you know, 50 brands DM me. I can't believe you're at 10. And then I started thinking, about, nothing's changed. Like my content's the same. I say the same thing. My audience reacts the same. You know, there's a little bit of hate here and there, but there's more, 95% more positive than anything. And it's just, yeah, you just don't, when you, when you get to a certain point, I think you just look at it and say, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, may, maybe from like a brand perspective, if you want to reach out to brands, but even brands aren't even looking at numbers as much as they did even just five years ago. You know, because especially with everything going on with UGC and all that stuff, it's that's super fascinating to me as well. Um, that I've noticed other creators that have less following than me that are actually picking up brand deals because people don't want Kim Kardashian doing a commercial anymore. Like they want the real people. So, you know, no one's reaching out to The Rock. The Rock's got a fucking two hundred million followers or whatever he's got. Like no one, he's got his own shit going on. No brands are reaching out to The Rock. That's like a unobtainable for them because it's way too much money. But an influencer that has 5,000, 10,000 followers, these micro-influencers, these are a little bit more sexy to a brand now because it keeps their bottom line low and it's more authentic. It's more real. You know, it's, they don't want the I know what I'm doing type of person all the time. So I think there's two spectrums, right? There's there's the what we know and love, which is influencer marketing and then, you know, that authentic. So it's, it's two that are kind of going parallel with each other. So I think it's it's okay. It's more obtainable on one side, which is the authentic side, but it doesn't mean that one's better than the other. It just means now you have two options. So when people are putting out content, I think they're putting the pressure on themselves. Like I have to get to a hundred thousand. I have to get to 500,000. Like you don't have to do anything because if you got good content, you got a good look. Sometimes a brand will just want to reach out to you for that alone. You know, you can't, if you get the numbers out of your head, I think that's how you can really, um, impact your audience from a creative side. Cause I feel like once you get those numbers, a lot of people that I've talked to on, on this show is like, once you get to the number, your content starts changing for the audience, which could be a problem. Yeah. Right. Where now you're not doing it for yourself. Now you're doing it because you have X amount of followers, you know? Yeah. Like uh, in my experience is one of those things where, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know plenty of folks that have 
way bigger audiences than I have. But it, it's also kind of a matter of like your initiative and your drive, because I think a lot of mm. folks that like, especially I think I think like the general idea that people have is that it's like you create content and you build an audience. And then at a certain point, you build enough of an audience that all of a sudden, like there's an imaginary gate that opens and brands want to come to you. They want to bring okay. you money in in, in in the history of social media, unless like you have millions of subscribers or you you get just like the craziest engagement that's generally not the case that's right you know it's like people people you, you will attract attention brands will recognize you know talent they'll recognize um like an audience you know that like you've organically developed and built but mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean that like a brand is going to come to you and be like now let's partner it's like that might that might spark a conversation but in general you know, it's like I know people that have much larger followings than I have in in on every platform and significantly bigger and all this, and they find it impossible to actually get work with companies. You know, because they just don't understand the the kind of ins and outs that you have yeah. to actually. Yeah, it's like like they just they'll they'll write to a company and be like, okay, so we like let's work together, but then the company would be like, okay, send me your pitch deck or. Can you send me your analytics from previous engage your like like collaborations that you've done like or right. general metrics like and and it's one of those things where I think you know I took business um, when I was in when I was in school and stuff like this but it is one of those things where I think that we've lost this narrative that was like classic advertising business kind of mentality we've kind of like forgotten about that even though that model is still entirely relevant. You know, mm. and to understand that it's like going into any kind of negotiation, right? That's right. You have to have your ducks in a row. You have to be able to go to a company and say, you know, like, I would like to partner with you. These are the services that I provide. This is some example work of what I've done. Here is my pitch deck that actually has 12 pages breaking down my, you know, demographics, my, you know, like press, my, uh, you know, it's like budget and rates, mm -hmm. you know, and, I don't know. I just think that like if more people, because I mean, it, it takes it takes time. Like I, I spent uh, an entire month, you know, every year, like around like, December, I'll build the next deck out for the next year, and so it's like around December, I spent an entire month just making my own pitch deck, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, and I do that every year, and it's one of those things where that's how you get work, you know. That's right. Well, yeah, because you're putting in the work. You know, that's why uh, I always talk about you. Uh, on my show, anytime something comes up, I always mention whether it's your name or your handle. But I'm like, yeah, this dude, like, fucking. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> For people only watching on YouTube, Bobby just made the Bobby face. Um, Take things pretty seriously here. <laughs> yes, exactly. And by the way, speaking of seriously, if you haven't noticed, because I just got done working out, I am sweating like a horn church. It is. I feel like I'm <laughs> glistening. Am I glistening? I'm always listening, you know, oh, but <laughs> shut the fuck up. yeah, dude, it's uh, so anyway, this, my creatine and my pre-workout is still like, can you hear my heartbeat? Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, it's always like one of those things, it, speaking of working out, it, being a creative is like working out. Like, you know, you can be liver king and you could take steroids, but at the same time you have to work out right when you're on steroids, if you want results, you have to work out either way. And like if you're a creative and you want to actually put in the work and you want to work with brand deals, you have to put in the work. If you have a hundred thousand followers 
and you're not putting the work with, like you said, the pitch deck, reaching out to brands, emailing people, pulling your analytics, taking the time and actually putting in eight hours a day, you're not going to get shit. And so the following means nothing if you're not putting the work. Same thing with working out. You know, like you got to put in the work to do it. It's, it's kind of funny because like sometimes there are days where I, I truly because I've been uh, like for anybody that's listening and doesn't actually know this, like I've been I've been doing this as like a brand ambassador, or content creator or influencer, whatever the verbiage that now. you want to use. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, like um, I've been doing this for about a decade. You know, it's like uh, have been paying my bills exclusively by working with brands, creating content for them. And so, I mean, like. You know, I've been doing this since kind of like around the beginning of when brands were starting to pay people to do this kind of stuff. And it, I don't know, it's one of those things. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> he finally got to use the stream deck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it's one of those things where it's like, Sometimes, like I genuinely just just almost wish that it's like I was just doing a nine to five, you know, or like a regular mm. job sometimes because I don't think that people realize and and like you you just said it, but like I just truly don't think people realize how full time it is. The point where it's like the the way that I explain it is my favorite thing in the world is saying you know, my favorite part about being your own boss. Is it you get to choose which 15 hours of the day like you're working, you know, and and because it's like you're constantly working. You're you either strategically planning for what you're going to be doing or you're going to be shooting it or you're going to be editing it or you're going to be taking the time to actually put together pitch analytics and stuff like this to be able to use for upcoming meetings or you're organizing your meetings or you're reaching mm -hmm. out to brands or trying to find contacts on LinkedIn or replying to brands. And there's never any blocked out time that you get to just like do this. You know, it's like, yeah. especially Monday through Friday, you know, it's like you could be in the middle of shooting something and then suddenly like you get that email that comes in that requires you to step away and go dedicate an hour of whatever it is you're doing into something else. And it, it's like, sometimes it just gets so exhausting and like you kind of, at least like me, like sometimes I'm like, man, Sure, it would be great if I was just working, you know, like fixed hours and I got a weekly paycheck and stuff without the the absolute uh and it's like if this is scary, it should because it's like this is the amount of commitment you have to put into this. It's like sure. if I'm putting together a project and I'm reaching out to a company in October, you know, we'll be talking for maybe uh from anywhere from like a, a couple of days to a couple of weeks. And then I might actually get the product that I might shoot in let's say November. And then I finally get to actually post the product in December, right? I won't get paid for 30 to 60 days, sometimes even 90 days, depending on what the contract states between net 30, 60, 90, net 45, you know, after that project has been completed. So it's like, there are times where it's like, you'll, you'll have conversations to start something in October and you won't see a dime until March, yeah. you know? And that is a very real normal day yeah. <laughs> for for people that do what we do because it's like well, you, and by you the, have to constantly be going and not to interrupt you but i wanted to say this before i forget in between that time frame that you're waiting on that job and you're actually doing that job you're reaching out to brand and you're getting rejected constantly constantly, constantly. Like the, you're getting <laughs> rejected more than you're creating and that's kind of the 15 hours a day that uh that i've noticed 
you know, these yeah. just these last couple of months that I've been doing it where it's like you have to have thick skin on that aspect. But when you do finally get a job, you don't want to be overzealous and you don't want to lowball that because, oh, it's a job. I want to make sure I get it. I'm, I'm struggling for money. So you don't want to seem desperate. So you have to keep to your bearings and stick with your rate. And once you get that rate, then you have to do it. And then you have to be like kind of cool <laughs> before you get paid. You don't want to be overzealous like I need the money. You got to be indifferent about everything. So there's a lot of like hats you have to wear until you can build up, you know, good equity where you can feel you know comfortable with with what you got going on. Um, and you might not ever get there. But, you know, that's the that's kind of the balance, right, is like you like what you do, you're going to put in the 15 hours or you can clock in and out at a fast food joint, get a paycheck every single day. And, you know, you won't have as much stress. You know, you just kind of have to weigh those odds. The the advice that I would give to anybody that's listening, if this if this in any way rings true for you, is uh, so whenever I'm negotiating something for myself, so like I'll spend, let's say, like a week trying to get a contact on LinkedIn or something, and and finally somebody writes back, you know, which by the way, it costs money to use LinkedIn, so it's like you're investing money in all these different, all these different like you know platforms and apps and things like this to give you the opportunity just to reach out to somebody. Right. <laughs> so let's say like you've let's say like you finally get like a person that writes back and and they see your pitch deck and they're excited about it. They're like, yeah, sure, let's let's talk. You know, like this is what you want to deliver and I'm explaining to them like this is how much it's going to be. One, I, I typically overshoot. Uh, you're like, I'll give them I'll give them a rate that I feel like is appropriate, but it's higher than what I would expect. Um, then in this regard, you know, what I usually do next is this gives them the ability to counter and it'll bring them down mm. to a place where I'd actually normally see like, okay, this is actually a happy medium, happy middle ground of where I could, I could, I could live and be like, okay yeah. with. So it might not advice. be where I really want to be, but it, but it's, but it's like better than if it was like, I'm giving you what I think is fair. And then they come down because they're almost always going to come down. Yeah. But what I always do because I'm, you know, like I'm realizing very early on that it's like I have the power for this. I'm the one that's in control. I'm making the negotiation. I'm bringing them the opportunity and stuff. If they want to run with this, then it still is in the, my control, right? Mm. And so what I do is I set parameters. So I say, okay, well, you know what? Like, let's say it could be, you know, a series of videos and photographs, and I say it's going to be five thousand dollars, right? Because mm. I explained to them well, I'm paying out, you know, uh, Katie and her fiance Garrett for doing voice acting. That could be like three to five hundred dollars, you know, and then the time that it takes me to shoot it and edit it and everything else. And let's say like they, you know, I say 5K and they drop it down. They're like, well, we don't have 5K. We can do this for maybe three thousand. Right. Mm. Um, if they're going to, let's say, counter like with that. That still is a very comfortable range where I could actually live with. I'm OK because right. three thousand dollars is essentially the mortgage, you know, for right. the month, yeah. whatever month that is when it comes in. But what I'll do is I'll sit there and say, okay, what I would like to do though, is I want it to be in contract written that, uh, we have a net 30 pay period. So it's like kind of trying to find compromises. So it's like in this mm. way, like it might give them the ability to kind of like, well, Hey, we can't physically pay that. We just don't have the budget for it. Okay. That's okay meet me halfway then yeah. and then instead of trying to like pay this out at 60 days later you know it's like then all of a sudden i'm able to negotiate it down so that it's like they're paying it within 30 days which is that's kind harsh. of like a that's that's a huge win because it's like 30 days after might sound like a ton but that's the lowest end of the spectrum that you'll normally find yeah and you know again that's the cool thing with about 
working for yourself is that might be one deal and maybe you do laterally that you do another deal right so then you know three six maybe it's nine grand <laughs> you, you could pick up a few deals in a couple months that's comfortable now again it's like you said it's all about the hustling and things like that but that's what's kind of interesting about this being on this side of the fence that i've noticed uh because you know now i'm doing this full time so i don't have a i don't have a job i told you that right yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but that—that's one thing I did notice is when your backup is a backup against the wall, and you kind of have these like, not that you you know uh, have to do it, and you have that level of uh, um, pressure. It's kind of good because if you can look at it like you're <clears throat> clocking and out, and you're good with time management, and you could figure out, okay, so this is my break even. This is what I have to make. So I have to make mm -hmm. sure I can get this amount of money from X Y Z deals. And usually when I get those, when I hit that money and I hit those deals, then I'm like, okay, now I could chill. I find myself like I was trying to like do so much at a time, but then I, I forget. I'm like, I work for myself. If I can hit that number that I need to hit, a comfortable number, I just need to relax. Because the reason I wanted to do this full time, and you gave me this advice before, was like, if, if you do like it, that's great. But you also don't want to like get burnt out because then you're not going to like it yeah. anymore. And that's one thing I noticed is where not just the podcast, but with like me cute, which is going really well. And I got to juggle that ball. And then, you know, also the UGC stuff. And now I'm actually, uh, I've transitioned a little bit more because I've had so many people reach out to me about podcast coaching. So I got a couple mm -hmm. clients that I'm doing podcast coaching now, which is just on a uh, temporary basis. You know, I usually do three month contracts with that, but I'm really enjoying that because then I can help people start their podcast and manage their podcast. And that's what, that's been a lot of fun and rewarding. And, you know, but again, it's like, you got to put in the hustle, you got to put in the time. But if you could just like figure out what you need and hit that number, that's what's kind of sexy about this side is like, I know, think the it, thing, I'm oh, sorry, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I, I was like that, there's that half second delay. So it's like when I feel I like it's actually like, you know, <laughs> come to um, Apollo but, Beach, you know, motherfucker. Like, I know, right? It, it's one of the things where I feel like, um, uh, I swear to God, like I had the thought and then it's like, when we get interrupted, like I just brainstormed it. It's, out it's, of that, de it's that delay. <laughs> the, uh, what is it like the beta such and such is that like flush your blood and you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have everything. L-arginine. <laughs> yeah. I, I have all that. So I'm, you get all the, the beet powder, you know? <laughs> yeah. Beet powder, bro. Um, okay. Yeah, so what, what, what are you got? Yeah. <clears throat> he remembered. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, basically like, let's look at it this way though. Like, uh, let's, let's, let, it's a little pivot actually, you know, but let's, let's take this time to actually do a rough, like spitballing session. Right. So Please. like, are there any questions? Because I feel like this is a real life scenario right now where, you know, when I'm, cause like, I, I don't do this often, but there are a couple of my friends that like have become big on TikTok or bigger on Instagram that had just normal everyday lives. And then all of a sudden, like they're thrown into this world where they're just like incredibly popular, brains are finally reaching out to them and, and they're coming to me for questions, you know, and I'm able to kind of help consult them or, or, you know, like help design like pitch decks for them or things like this to kind of like help lift them up, you know, because they're friends and because I think that it's just like, this is, helpful <laughs> yeah you know yeah, for but sure. if you were to if you were to be in this situation like i'm sure this could be beneficial for your, your listeners like what are some like mm -hmm. what are some big questions that you think either 
you have right now or you think people should be asking if they were in this position where they're like, you know what, like there's something I love doing and, uh, you know, like what are the next steps, you know, because I feel like we're, we're talking a lot about stuff that we've already engaged with um, mm. over, over the last couple of years in private, you right. know, people listening, they might be like, oh, well, that's great. But what about the stuff before or, you know, like kind yeah. of the in-between stuff. So do you have any questions just off the top of your head of like, you know, this is something I wanted to do, but I, I don't exactly know. Like, how would you do it kind of thing? Yeah. Um, the big thing, which I, I think I know the answer is um, just time management. You know, that's one thing I'm, I don't want to say I'm struggling with because I'm, I'm digging my own grave when it comes to this, but that's one thing I noticed when I decided to do this full time, by the way, so, you know, we've talked about this before, but you've helped me drastically with, I had like this portfolio that was like a little, little whack. Um, <laughs> let me see if I can sign up a, a cool soundboard. It was like a little, no, wrong one. It was like a little, uh, nope, wrong one. Can't find it. But it was not, <laughs> it was not the best. Crickets. That's pretty close. That works. It was, uh, yeah, so you helped me kind of perfect that. And I think that's what has allowed me to get a lot of good, uh, good brand deals. And, but the one thing I'm noticing now that I don't really know how to deal with is when for me, I'm, my hands are in so many cookie jars. I like and, to say you're spinning plates. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Great. Great analogy. Uh, and I can't do that anyway. So it would probably be just a tornado of <laughs> plates flying all over the place. Um, and of course, you had to use a plate analogy, retro, retro, retro. Yeah, right. Retro, retro. I just um, think it's a, I just think it's appropriate because it's one so of those true. things where it's like, yeah. it's like the whole model and idea visually behind the, like the spinning the plates thing is that it's not yeah. just you've got to balance all these things. You have to keep them going at a certain speed. And so sure. you, you end up like, stepping away from one thing to make sure the other one's doing okay. And you're mm -hmm. kind of, you're, you're learning how to juggle in a thing where it's That's like right. visually that is just such a perfect analogy of like how fucking chaotic this is. <laughs> For sure, dude. And you know, that, that's what I've noticed is, you know, right now, cause I got three plates, right? So I got the meet cute plate and then I got the podcast coaching plate and then I got the UGC slash content creator plate. And, you know, I even kind of dipped in, like I just did a commercial uh, a few weeks ago where I filmed that that was pretty cool. I just got paid for a couple hours, which was great. And they found me through my other content. They're like, hey, have you ever done commercials? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, here's my rate. I've never done a commercial before. And <laughs> so they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. We'll book you. I was like, fuck, yeah. So now I have that to the portfolio. But again, that's like I'm, I'm doing so much, but I also don't want to say no to things. And mm -hmm. I'm finding myself like in a perfect world, if you were to ask me right now, you're like, Tony, okay, what do you want to do out of all this plates? I'm like, well, Meet Cute is kind of its own little beast right now, so I'm fine there. So, but I just want to do podcast coaching. That's all I want to do. I just want my entire life to revolve around podcasts. And that's helping people, that's designing uh, channel art, uh, helping with hosting, production, whether it's virtually or in person. Eventually, I want to open up my own podcast studio where uh, I'll charge people per hour to use my space. And like, that's like my long term goal, but that's not going to pay the bills right now. Like, I, I kind of have to do everything. And if, if that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't really know yet. I mean, I'm surviving. We're living. It's fine. So it's like, do I give myself a year? I think that's this is the question. It's like I've really going hard with this for six months. I've been full-time creator. So um, do I give it another six? 
right? And then I'm like, okay, now I got to pick a lane. I got to drop one of these plates and I got to have one plate up. Or is it five years? Like what's the, I know there's no magic number, but that's kind of my question to you is like, what, when do I decide, fuck, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't spin these plates anymore. You know? I mean, honestly, like, kind of like you said, like that's, that's such a, 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 a specific situation as well, because you've got the three verticals, you've got me cute, you've got the podcasting and then podcast coaching. Is that what you're saying? Or, yeah, or just well, kind of UGC content? UGC content, yeah. I kind of loop okay. the podcast so coaching into my own podcast, but yeah. You do the podcast, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like you've got these three verticals that you're working with. Now it's like the the end goal, you know, is to you know, make ends meet. You know, it's like you want to be able right. to put bread on the table. And if that means you have to kind of cut out your weekly Starbucks, you know, or like, sure. you know, whatever it might be, then, then you're, you're like playing and, and trying to troubleshoot along the way. Like, that's great. You know, I think consistently I've heard this across the board. I could say the same thing for myself. There, there's a solid mixture of kind of like flipping a coin in the air and seeing how it lands, you know? Mm. Uh, but at the same time, there is this thing where it's like consistently across the board. I say you have to do something full tilt for a year before mm. you can really understand where that is going to be landing. After a year of doing something, you'll have a very good idea of whether you want to live in a city, you know, whether mm. you like the school you're going to, whether you're in a good relationship, but especially if you were trying to kind of like contain a, a work vertical, you know, mm. um, or wh whether it's a passion or, or, or something that is more career oriented or you want it to become a passion that, that becomes a career, you know, yeah. it's like you need to invest a, a full year or more into it. I think after, I mean, like do, you've been doing this for a bit, but it's not doing this and juggling like this for six months is not easy, especially, you know, with just life getting in the way. Mm -hmm. But I do think that, you know, like, especially after a year, you'll have a pretty good foundation of, of one, like, well, these are the mistakes that I made. And, mm -hmm. you know, these are the things that I can just like tick off right now. Like, well, I have a solution for this. And at a certain point, you know, it's like your your reputation's going to be there enough. And and honestly, I think the trick is to make sure that you are going to be reaching out and, and using that year as efficiently as possible. That's right. So it's like, for example, let's say you and I talked about this, but it's like, let's say you reach out to 100 brands, 90 of them aren't going to like result in anything. Right. right. You got 10 brands, you know, like 10% of, of your uh, like efforts are going to be rewarded. But the, I think the thing that people don't think about in that in that kind of example is that it's like 10% of those might actually work out this year. Right. Mm. But then I, for me, at least like I am I am relentlessly persistent. So like if I cold DM a brand, you know, and they don't write back to me within, you know, let's say like a month. I do it again and mm. I and I do it again and I do it again and I do it again. If there's somebody that gives me an email link and I send them a you know like an email pitch and they don't get back, I will email them every single week until we get something in the books because it takes that that kind of ferocious like tenacity to kind of get through a situation and just be like, look, I'm not asking you for to give me money right now. I'm asking you for 30 minutes of your day. Put this in a calendar. Give me an opportunity to actually chat visually with you, um, and then let me show you the value of what I what I do. Mm -hmm. And 
without fail. It's like if if you keep being persistent in that regard, for me, 75% of the time that does result in not only a paid sponsorship opportunity, but it usually ends up uh, turning into a longer term relationship because not only are you actually getting in front of somebody, but you've you've broken that that email barrier. You've had a physical contact with them. You, you've engaged. You've seen they've seen you smile. They've seen your charm, mm-hmm. and then later on they see the work that you put and stuff, and they understand. Well, you know what? I need to have somebody to work on this next project in Q3. Why don't I think about Bobby? You know, right. or why don't I think about Tony? And mm-hmm. it's like the thing that I think people need to remember is that it's like if you're doing something right now, and you're only getting the ten percent, the next year you've got. 90% of these other references that you've reached out to that you need to keep re- reaching out to, right? right? But at some point they are going to recognize who you are and that number is going to kind of like dwindle down. So all of a sudden, yeah. let's say uh, 15 months into doing this, right? You know, it's like the people that you may have reached out to before, they might think of you when it comes to something that didn't work out last year because they just didn't have the budget or just wasn't the right call. them. But suddenly they might actually be like, you know what? Um, we had that guy, Tony, who reached out to us in Q1 of 2022. Uh, you know, we're now looking for a thing that might be a perfect fit for him. And instead of just them not knowing who you are, it's like now they actually have like kind of like that, that degree of separation where they can just remember you and refer back. But, but it does require like an insane amount of just diligence and just kind of following up because I would much rather reach out to somebody a hundred times piss them off to the point where they're just like like they're annoyed to see my email but it's like i will i will be okay with you being annoyed with my email if it gives me the opportunity to work for that brand you know mm. and that's, it's like there's a way the to- worst yeah the worst case is what are they going to say no yeah. we're good because it's never it's never personal it's never right, somebody correct. saying no fuck this guy i don't like his face or anything like that it's it's a hundred percent of the time apathy it's it's almost always i don't feel like looking at this and then mm-hmm. an hour passes i mean you know how life is like you, an hour could pass and you'll entirely forget about what you were doing or what you were like meaning to do oh, so yeah. it's like when it comes to time management you know it's like if i get a dm from a company that writes me back in instagram and they uh you know say like like a week later and they'll like they'll message me back and they're like oh you should message such and such at this email mm-hmm. i'll do little things like i'll i'll do a screen grab and I send it to my photos because i'm not going to remember it in that moment that's but, right but you know like 4 hours later if i'm looking at something or i'll be like oh what did i do when i sent in my photos then it's like i have that visual reminder that i can mm. actually go and like send it to that email you know i feel like that's like another helpful thing that i do yep. if i need to I use I utilize my calendar as often as I can for little things like even just I have I have a, a note in my calendar for tomorrow to follow up with an email with somebody sending them another email tomorrow because I wanted to do it on Monday and not on Saturday or Sunday you know yeah smart um, yeah I did the same thing that was good yeah, yeah that's it's that, just that, it's just tiny little things to be persistent yeah yeah and you know that's what you have to do in, in this role and um, there is something interesting about the society, right? Because you see creators, you know, now more than ever, I think, I forget the number, but I was looking up the other day where there's more creators now. And they say within 20 years, we're going to have more millionaire creators as we did with like the, 
Bezos of the world, the Bill Gates, as you know, it took them, you don't remember, it took them 40 years to get where they're at today. But they're saying just creators as a whole, you look at like Logan Paul, Mr. Beast, like these are great examples of people that have been only on YouTube for 10 years, 11 years, and they're already hitting millions of dollars and have their own brands and their own companies like, you know, Prime, the fucking, <laughs> the isotonic water, sugar water, that's all it is, is the Gatorade, the a, a great marketing play of what Gatorade could be, but they're the number eight bed, uh, the number eight beverage in that category. And coming from a guy, as you know, that used to be in the beverage industry, that is unheard of in less than 24 months. And now they got picked up by UFC, so now they're the official drinks. They got body armor out of it. They booted Bond. So you look at these guys, and these motherfuckers started a YouTube channel 10 years ago, but they were persistent and putting out videos as much as they could. And they did dip their hands in major, and they surrounded themselves with people that are as creative as they are. And you have to kind of have it all, and you have to put in that work for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and then maybe you can relax down the road. And I think in that world where I talk about that versus like we're also the laziest we've ever been, right? Like as a society, I feel like. So it's it's scary to think that you have to put in this much work to whether it be a creator or be a podcaster or be great at your secretary job, like whatever it is, you have to put in a little bit of effort. But I feel like if you do put in the effort and you have that stickativity, I feel like you're going to outlast a lot of people because there are a lot of lazy people out there. And if you could just you know, outlast everybody, I think you're going to be all right. You know? Like, I also think that, you know, like, for me, I think the thing that separates a lot of, like, I think there's a certain point. There's a plateau that you kind of hit as well, right? Wow. I don't know about you guys, but I'm having a great time with this podcast. I, I hope you're enjoying it. This is just part one. Uh, head over to part two. Just check the episode notes. Uh, we got another about 30, 40 minutes, but uh, Bobby gets into his advice about being a content creator or a business owner, and it's just a really, uh, really great way to end the podcast, but I don't think you're going to miss it. Again, head to the episode notes, and you could check out part two. And uh, before you go, I should mention that uh, also in the episode notes, you'll see a link to some of the sponsors and some incredible partners that I have. So to support the podcast, visit those links. You're going to get up to 20% off some of those items. Then, of course, this helps support the podcast and uh, for me to not only up the content from a video perspective, but hopefully continuously give you uh, weekly or, you know, maybe two episodes per week uh, moving forward. So definitely show some support to those sponsors below. Again, everything's in the episode notes, but uh, let's hop over to part two.